Well, I want to just tell you a story that I heard not long ago. Something that happened in the church. I heard that they were, they were having a church service, and all of a sudden there was fire that came up, and when all the smoke cleared away, there was the devil sitting right there on the altar, and all the people in the church all ran out afraid, except for one 70-year-old lady. And the devil went up to her and said, you're not afraid of me? Everyone else is afraid. She says, I'm not afraid of you. The devil says, why not? The lady says, because I've been married to your brother for 40 years. That's a true story, right, Sandy? She'll tell you, right? Starting up trouble here. <laughs> anyway, Pastor George has been doing a series going through the book of Ephesians. And um, two weeks ago, he went through Ephesians chapter 4. And today, I just want to go back to that chapter. And I want to go back and re highlight Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 24. So I'm going to go verse by verse, but I'm going to start off reading verses 17 through 20. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer (coughs) as the Gentiles do. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Say, before we become Christians, before we come to Jesus, we live according to the values and influences of our culture. Our lives reflect the world around us, how we were raised, who we, who we hung around. Our lives reflect what we see on TV, the, the music and the movies. See, the problem is that in the culture, the perspectives and ways of thinking are totally contrary to God's ways. I'm going to reread verse 18. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. See, those who don't walk with Jesus cannot understand God's ways. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So our culture is developed by people whose hearts are hard towards God, who have no understanding of the Word and who God is. 
their values are very often the opposite of God's values. For example, in the eyes of our culture, a woman's value is determined by outward appearance. For all of you women, the Bible says that your value comes from within, that your beauty comes from within. Don't allow this culture to define you, comparing you to supermodels and, and, and false images. According to the culture, marriage is just a piece of paper. Commitment means nothing. According to the culture, you can't have fun without getting high. But one thing I could tell you, that there's no high like the most high God if you hang around with him long enough. According to the culture, all roads lead to God. If you're a Christian, you're called bigoted and narrow-minded. But I'm proclaiming to you there's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus, and every other role leads to hell. According to the culture, it doesn't matter what the Bible says. If it feels good, then do it. According to the culture, everyone has their own truth. I hear people, no, that's not my truth. There's only one truth, but this culture calls evil good and calls good evil. The only one truth is the word of God. There is no other truth. You see, before I became a Christian, I laughed at the Bible. Well, I read about a talking snake in a garden, a sea splitting open for people to walk through, a man coming back from the dead, Jonah in the whale of a bed, whale of the of the, the belly of the whale. Try saying that three times, please. <laughs> in fact, I think I mentioned this before, but one day I was in the church speaking to someone in the back, and they asked me, well, what are you speaking on today? I said, I'm speaking on Jonah and the whale. She said, well, I don't believe that story. I don't believe that a man can live in the belly of a fish. I said, well, how could, she said, how could that be? I said, I don't know. But one day when I die and I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. She said, what happens if Jonah went to hell? I said, then you ask him. True story. You see, in my mind, before I got saved, I didn't, I didn't need a book to tell me how to live or how to think. I had it all figured out. All of, the only problem is that all of my ways of doing things didn't work out too well for me. I spent 10 years of therapy and counseling. I had a messed up marriage, taking medication for depression. I used to stay up all night in anger and bitterness. I used to go from one thing to the next thing because I had an empty hole inside and nothing in this world could fill it. I don't care how much you drink, how much music you listen to. I don't care what you try to fill it with. 
God created a place in you that can only be filled with him. But verses, Ephesians 4, verses 21 to 24, they give us the keys to living a victorious life. They see there's no clock on the wall, Pastor George. You know, there's no scarier feeling in the world than if you think the preacher lost track of the time. Actually, I don't mind people looking at their watches, but when they start shaking them to see if they're still working, that's a whole other thing. So I'm going to go to verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception. Galatians 2.20 puts it another way. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. You see, when you receive Jesus into your life, the sinner that you used to be doesn't exist anymore. The the mess up, the failure, the loser, the addict, the reject that you used to be is dead in Christ. See, my old self died with Jesus on the cross. You are not that person anymore. All of your sins wiped away. You became a new creation. That old person you used to be does not exist That's why we do water baptism. When you go under the water, it's a picture of a death taking place. Not a a physical death, but that person, your old personality. It's all gone. Now you are not a sinner. Don't call yourself a sinner. The Bible says you are a saint, which means you've been set apart. You've been made holy by God. Your old nature is dead. You know what that means? It means I can no longer be content to live how I used to live. It's not enough to keep doing the same old stuff and make the same old excuses. Here's a few of the excuses. These are real-life excuses they've heard. Of course, none of them are from here. They're all from the church down the block. Here's here's the number one that I hear. I never said I was perfect. Number two, who are you to judge me? Number three, I'm only human. What do you expect? Number four, I'm just a mess, but God loves me anyway, so it doesn't matter. Number five, God understands that I have to go blow off steam once in a while. Number six, everybody does it. You see, you're not everybody. You are a child of the king. You are royalty. You are created to make a difference. You are not just everyone. We don't just do what everybody else does. 
You live in the kingdom of God. You matter to God. You have great value. You're not just everyone. You're not just ordinary. Yes, we're still going to fail and fall short. And every day, I don't know about you, but I need God's grace and mercy. Every day. I'm not talking about being perfect. Every single day, maybe a hundred times a day, I have to keep coming back to God and say, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy in, in my life. But I challenge you, never be content to live short of God's best for you. God has a perfect, purpose and destiny for your life, don't settle for just going through the motion. I just live how I want and then I just show up on Sunday. In, in verse tw- going to verse 23, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Say, when I receive Jesus, my spirit is saved. When you made a decision to give your life to Christ, he saved your spirit. You have eternal life. You have become a child of God. You are loved. You are forgiven. You are sanctified, set apart, and made holy. That's who I am before God. When God looks at me, because I have Jesus in my heart, he doesn't look at me according to my failures. He looks at me according to the perfect life that Jesus led. See, that happened at the moment of salvation. But we're called for more than that. We're not called just to be saved, go through the motions, die one day and get to heaven. We're called to be transformed into the very image of Jesus. And that's a a daily process, day by day. You see, I want to think like him. I want to talk like him. I want to love like he loved. But that's a process, and that part is up to me. The first part was up to God. He did that part. He put his spirit in me. He saved me. He gave me his love, his forgiveness, wiped away the sin. But now I have a responsibility to work out my salvation. Day by day, I I have a responsibility to be fed on the word of God, to come into the presence of God. And as I do, I'm being transformed. I'm being changed from the inside out. In Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. See, nothing will be new in your life if you still have that old mind, that old way of thinking. 
I want to read a quote from Bill Johnson. He said, having a renewed mind is often not an issue of whether or not someone is going to heaven, but of how much of heaven he or she wants in his or her life right now. I want to think like he thinks. I can't afford to think the way that the world thinks. Well, just do whatever's good for you. It doesn't matter. You're not hurting anyone else. If you cheat on your wife and she don't find out, who would know about it? If I go on the Internet in the middle of the night and look at pornography, oh, so what? It's innocent. I can't afford to think like that if I want to be victorious in this world. I'm tired of going through the same old cycles over and over, being stuck in the same place. I can't keep the same perspectives, the same attitudes, and the way of seeing myself and the world. If I do, a year from now, I'll still be, I'll still be in the same mess I'm in now. And it's the same thing for everyone. In, a feet, in verse 24, it says, You put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Not only did God kill your old sinful self, that old loser, that one who messed up everything, that failure who couldn't get anything right, he killed that person. And he gave you a new nature. And he made you holy. We still have the same desires often. We still have those same old passions. But the difference is now I'm an overcomer. I don't have to give in to the lust. I don't have to give in to my rage. I don't have to give in to my drunken desires. I have the power to say no. You see, you're called to be a transformer. That's what your new nature is. Did they put it up? Oh, there we go. Josh told me that song, Transformers, more than meets the eye. You see, there's more to you than meets the eye. You're called to be an influencer, a shining star in a dark world a miracle-working warrior, a world-changer, an earth-shaker, a history-maker. We don't conform ourselves to the outside world. We go out there and change it. We challenge it. You got the creativity in Christ in you. You could go in the fashion industry, design better clothes that glorify God, make go to Hollywood and make better movies. Write better songs, better hip-hop, whatever it is you're called to. We, we don't just respond and live according to what's out there. We have the nature of Christ, and I'm called to shine in this dark world. Not to just fit in and conform, be like everyone else because people won't like me. Give in to the peer pressure. I'm called to stand up like Christ, unashamed, 
Scripture says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Anyone else here, you are not ashamed. Let's hear a shout. If you're not ashamed of the gospel, you're not ashamed to say, I am a child of God. I'm not going to act like you. I'm going to love you. I'll die for you. But I'm not going to conform myself to this world because it's just hopelessness. Listen to what the people in the Bible did. In the power of God, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. This is what the people of God have been called to do even through the days of the Bible. It says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. And in Acts 17.6, when the Christians showed up in town, they said, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. You have the same power in you to turn this world upside down, to put the culture on its head to help to transform it so that it reflects the glory of God, to kick out the demons, tear down the strongholds. We're not going to believe the lies of the enemy anymore. You are not who the culture says that you are. Your worth, your value is not determined by the measures of this world, how much education you have, how much money you have, how you look, how cool you are. Is that they still use that word, Hassan, cool? Back in the day, that's what they used to say. Those are the measures of this world. But if you measure yourself By the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are beautiful. You are powerful. You are strong. You don't need the approval of those people out there. You have the approval of a mighty God. And I challenge you today to become those world changers. You go out in the world and you turn it upside down. We're not going to be conformed to this world, but we're going to be transformed. My mind is being renewed. The Bible says on the outward, every day, I'm dying day by day in the flesh. My body's getting older. But it says on the inside, every day I'm being renewed more and more. I'm becoming more powerful, more grace, more fire. It's up to you which one you want. 
We could continue to live as people pleasers and we just want to fit in. We want people to like us and keep going around the, like the Israelites, the same mountain for 40 years over and over in their unbelief and their idolatry. Well, we can rise up in the power of God and make a difference. You go out and invade the business world. You go out and, and there should be a holy invasion in politics, in education. Bring the power of God with you. We want to redefine marriage in this country and restore the value. We want to restore value back to fatherhood in this culture. We don't want to sit and trash fathers. We want to restore value and dignity. So I want to pray right now. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And if you're making a declaration today, I'm putting aside the ways of this world. I'm laying it down. I'm tired of living this way. And I'm ready to make an impact in this culture, in that region, in the society. I want to break the power of poverty. If you're saying, I'm going to be a transformer... I'm just going to ask you to stand and we want to pray for you right now. I believe we have, if there's just one transformer here today, God, God can bring so much breakthrough if there's just one. I'm going to ask Lee if you could just come and pray. Why don't we just bow our eyes for a moment, bow our heads, close our eyes. Jesus, I thank you for the wellspring of gifts and talents and abilities that you deposited into each and every member of this house sitting here represented today. God, I thank you that they have taken a step of faith to discover what it is that you have for them. I thank you that in the midst of them not having a blueprint of their future, they've trusted you to be able to continue the good work that you started within them. Jesus, I ask right now that you would multiply the grace to sustain them, multiply the grace that causes them to persevere, multiply the grace that will cause them to learn and to grow and to move forward and to break out of the mundane and to break out of mediocrity so that they can go into the world and they can change it for you. Lord, I ask that the spirit of influence, godly, Holy Spirit-driven influence be upon each one that commits him and herself to you, O God. 
I pray, Jesus, that you would allow them to have a glimpse into their future and that you would gift them with dreams and visions of what's to come. So that while they're laboring, while they're pursuing you, while they're going hard after you, while they're on their knees crying out to you, they have a hope that will anchor them. Jesus, I know this morning that you are concerned not only with their well-being, not only that they um, be, be steadfast in you, but you're concerned that they won't give up. And so I pray that you would be like a coach to them, God, in this season. Stand alongside them. Give them that drink of water to that one that's running hard, God, and has lost his or her breath. You restore strength to the weary this morning. So I declare in Jesus' name that there's a multiplication of strength coming over your flesh right now in Jesus' name. You know, the word says that our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. But I believe this morning there's an alignment happening between the spirit and the flesh and everything in you is coming into agreement with the thing that God has shown you to do. He's called you not to just be transformed on the inside, but he's called you to transform your world around you. And to some, you are called to an even higher platform. To some, you are called to be missionaries. To some, you are called to be evangelists. To some, you are called to travel the world. To some, you are called to sing to nations. To some, you are not supposed to just be sitting within the four walls of the church. There are business owners in here. There are those who are going to be CEOs. There are those who are going to be lawyers. There are those who are going to be doctors. And wherever the place that God has called you to stand, he's going to give you a Holy Spirit influence that's going to radically transform the world around you. You have not seen a mirage. I hear the Spirit of God saying, you have not seen a mirage. You might have sat in a desert place for a long time thinking, is this actually true what God has said? And I've come to confirm to you this morning that yes, in fact, it is true. And that what you see up ahead is not just a figment of your imagination, but it's been birthed by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You are not alone in what you believe. You are not an island isolated to yourself, only believing that thing. And maybe no one around you has the same kind of faith, but be encouraged this morning. Because the Lord has come to confirm to you that these things have not been a figment of your imagination. Amen. So let's just receive grace from heaven right now. Let's just receive the love of a father that's overflowing into your life. He fully loves you. He fully embraces you. That's why he wants the best for you. He's not angry at you. He doesn't want to punish you. There's no hand coming down to whack you over the head. He wants to see you fulfill the greatness of your calling and your destiny to walk as a giant in this fallen world. <laughs> so I just bless that in you right now in Jesus' name. So let's just begin to worship him. I want to sing a song over you here today. It's a song we ended with, but um, but if you're a worshiper like me, 
Meaning if you love God and you serve him, then you're a worshiper like me. Then you understand this song. This song speaks about just going through a season where you feel like there's so many walls set up in your life. And you're just waiting for those walls to fall down, but still will you serve them? Because you know that one day you'll be able to stand and worship and allow your heart to be free in worship. So I want you to sing this song, and you know this song. But if there's ever been a calling spoken over your life, and you know because the anointing is always evident when you're in God's will. And being in God's will doesn't always mean being perfect. It means knowing that you are weak and knowing that you so need him to be strong. That's what it is to be in God's will. And so you understand that you, your heart, will be able to praise again because God is the deliverer and he will deliver you. You believe that this morning. So a room of unperfect people, but so much power and anointing because we understand that it all comes from him. Can we leave this place with this song in our heart? Do it again. Let's do it again. Yeah. 
Yeah, that song says it all right there. Next week, I'm going to be preaching. And if you notice what's been happening in the services, we've been ministering to the people, preparing the people for something. And I believe in my heart as I was standing there, I believe that the cloud that's been over us for such a long time is passing. And the Lord wants to equip us and get ready for what he's about to do with us individually. Next week, I'm going to preach about fanning the flame. We've been in the dark too long and our flame has been burning out. 
We're getting tired of getting used to the darkness. We're getting used to how to function in the darkness, but not in a good way at times. And we say, this is the way maybe life is supposed to be. I'll come to church every once in a while. I love Jesus, but just bad things are always going to happen. So let me just settle. But I believe the Holy Spirit is saying that he's about to fan the flame. Every dream that has been closed, doors that have been shut for you, things that you were believing in at one point and you just quit. You quit, you felt like it wasn't going to happen. I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm about to light that fire in you once again. He wants to do a total transformation. Maybe it don't happen on one Sunday or two Sundays, but maybe it'll take a month, maybe it'll take a year, but God is in preparation. You're in his hands. And he's not going to let you go. He's not going to give you up. He's not going to forsake you or forget about you. So I want to give you a homework lesson. I know you'll get homework when we go to church sometimes. Whatever's in your heart that you feel God put you, any skill, any ability, I don't care if it's drawing comics, whatever it is that God has given you a talent that you have not used, if you can sing, if you know the word, if you feel like you're going to teach, you love kids, you know how to teach kids. I don't care. I'm not just making a promotion for ministry in the church, but I'm talking whatever your gift is, I believe God wants to fan that flame. Whether there's no opportunity here for you to use those gifts to the fullest, or there's somewhere in your job, whatever it is, I believe God wants to begin to use you in this new season. The cloud is being moved, and the light is going to shine on you. Where will we be when that light shines? Confused? Not knowing what to do? I believe the Lord is equipping us. And I just want you to prepare yourself, whatever is in your heart to do, whatever skill, ability you have, I want you to bring that before the Lord this week. And as you bring that for the Lord, I believe God is going to fan that flame and, and re, re, reignite those things that are in your life that you have gave up on. That was somehow somebody tarnished this, somebody hurt you, whatever it may be. Even if it's like believing for love. I don't know about you. Yeah, I know there's always in church, always about single ministries and hard to be single. Everybody was single at one point. I just pray, you know what? I was talking in the back about this. I just pray, you know, we're always on the internet. Everybody's trying to meet. So I pray that in the Holy Spirit, you'll find the one that God has for you. I don't know what I'm talking about this for, but, but that God will give you holy. Guys, I pray that God will give you Holy Ghost game. I pray, I pray that women will be ready for what God has for them, the men, the God that has for them. Whether they will not be here, maybe you can't find your, your husband here or your wife here. But I just want to say that God has something in preparation for us and we need to be ready. Whatever it is, whatever you have God asks for God for and it hasn't come to pass. So I just want to pray over you right now. Is that okay? And get you ready for what God is doing. Father God, I just thank you for every good thing that you have in store for us, Lord. Lord God, you say, Lord God, as, as, um, as we waited, Lord God. Lord, as, as things have prolonged and we're waiting for things to happen, Lord God, some of us, our hearts may have gotten sick along the way, Lord, and grow weary of those things that you have promised us, Father. But Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you are right on time. You're never late, never early, Lord. You're always right on time. And I thank you, you're coming right on time for this season, Lord God, to do what you have promised, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we are in your hands, Lord God, that you have not dropped us, that we're not forgotten, Lord God. But every gift and every ability and every skill and every anointing that you have put over your people, Father God, I pray in the, in the months and the weeks to come, Lord God, that you will ignite that fire, Jesus. That you will let your children know, Lord God, that you have not forgotten them. You have not forgotten their tears, their cries, their frustrations, Lord God. That you hear everything. And even in the darkness, Lord God, you are transforming your people. 
and making them to the way you are, Lord Jesus. So we thank you for that, Lord God. And we pray in the name of Jesus as we leave this place, Lord God, every word, every song, everything that was spoken to us today, Lord, that the enemy will not rob us of those things, Lord God. But it will take good fruit and good root in our hearts, Lord God. That we be good soil to receive everything you have for us, Lord God. So, Father God, I pray, like as Ephraim always says, Lord God, that because you have blessed us, Lord God, I pray that we will go out and be a blessing to so many as Lord this, Lord God. Because we are blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen.